Welcome to the 63rd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the pilot to the Spider-Man No Way Home hype plane, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How are you, Simon Eady? I'm reasonable. I'm reasonable. Did you see the uh, extended the extended hype behind the Spider-Man No Way Home debacle? I don't know. People believe that, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. No, I haven't heard of that hype, but uh, I, I think I believe it. I heard about, you know, Andrew Garfield being asked um, if he is a part of the movie and, and he again says that he is not. But again, it's not like you're just going to be like, yeah, I am. You know what I mean? Is that what you're referring to? That, that most recent statement by him? Wait, I don't understand. You're not aware of the hype behind this? We've been talking about this hype for three weeks. I've been I'm being facetious, Simon. Obviously. That wasn't super clear because you kind of just went out of that and didn't let me respond. Mm. I'd like to be as clear as possible for Samuel in Virginia. Okay, Adrian? But speaking of unclear things, specifically Andrew Garfield said that um, he is not a part of this again. He kind of he kind of declined it in a way that he did previously. Like it's very, very similar. The reason why Andrew Garfield is like kind of being asked any questions is because he's promoting two movies at the moment. Um, so he's promoting the Tick, Tick, Boom movie, which is going to be on uh, Netflix. It's uh, directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh. So it's like a musical. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I have not. That's cool. It is neat. The coolest thing about that is that apparently Lin-Manuel Miranda saw Andrew Garfield on stage in London for a theatrical play. Mm-hmm. And he is like, oh, wow, he's so good. Let me cast him in my new movie, my new musical. And so when he was, they were like sat down in a coffee shop. And Lin-Manuel Miranda asked Andrew Garfield, so can you sing? And Andrew Garfield is like, oh, how long, uh, when, when are we going to f- start filming? And it, Lin-Manuel Miranda is like, ah, in about a year. And then Andrew Garfield's like, yes, I can sing. <laughs> so he just took a bunch of like vocal classes, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's what that, that meant. But, but yeah, the, the quote was by Andrew Garfield in response to the question about, again, this whole situation with... Spider-Man No Way Home and whether he's going to be in it is he basically said, I understand why people are freaking out about the concept of that because I'm a fan as well. You can't help but imagine scenes and moments of, oh my God, how fucking cool would it be if they did that? But it's important for me to say on the record that this is not something I'm aware I'm involved in, which is an odd way to phrase that. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm not going to be able to say anything that will convince anyone that I don't know what's happening, no matter what I say. I'm fucked. It's either going to be really disappointing for people or it's going to be really exciting. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, like the way you said it. I uh, yeah, Again, I, I, I still want to see him in that movie, obviously, and I feel like he might be. But yeah, he's definitely right. He, he can't say anything. He is fucked regardless of any statement he makes because he, he pretty much has to deny it regardless of if he's in it or not. And uh yeah, like it's it's an interesting situation we find ourselves in. I might even be on the fence that maybe he's not in it, but we still get Tobey Maguire. Like that's a possibility. Maybe we're just bringing in that universe because again, um, but it, but but we do have 
Electro from Amazing Spider-Man 2 as well. So it's one of these interesting situations. I'm curious. I'm curious. I do want him to be in it. And again, I'm still I'm still aboard the hype plane train automobiles. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a believer, man. I'm still going to be a believer. Yep, that's fair. Now, just for the record, actually, that was from a Variety article because he was interviewed by Variety, like the publication Variety. And the, the other movie he's going to be in, which is, uh, I think it's like floating around the film festivals right now. It's coming out this week. Called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yep. Uh, which he basically plays a televangelist with uh, Jessica Chastain. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's Friday, I believe. It's coming to theaters. Spoiler alert for mo- movies coming out this week. Yes, yes, indeed. Cool. And then uh, on top of that, Benedict Cumberbatch was actually saying something too about this whole situation because he was asked, because he's being interviewed because of Power of the Dog, which is like a Western he's going to be in. Mm-hmm. So he's being interviewed for that. And then, of course, people can't hold back questions about Spider-Man because of all the hype. And so he was asked about what he understands the movie to be. And he said that it's the most ambitious. I think he kind of said something similar before. Somebody did. But it's the most ambitious superhero f- a film that's like a standalone superhero film. Like that's not an Avengers type team up. So that's also quite quite a big thing to say, I would say. Even bigger than Captain America Civil War? Question mark. I don't know if that counts. I think Civil War is not really standalone. I'm not sure. It's a good point. Maybe, yeah, if that... Maybe he was maybe he left that one out thinking that it was an Avengers movie. But that's a good point though, because that's a huge team up. Yeah, that is kind of Avengers two point five, arguably. So right, yeah, cool. Anyways, yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped, but I don't. Uh, again, I'm on the fence whether these two gentlemen, Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield, are going to be in this. But it's it's interesting for sure. You're not a believer, Simon. There's nothing to believe in. This isn't uh, you know this isn't God. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my expectations low because that will serve me the best. In the end. That's fair. Okay. Um, to get onto some show corrections briefly, we actually, uh, there was a weird thing we talked about. This was like five weeks ago, but I, I looked it up again because it kept coming up about how Family Guy, like Seth MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy, he was kind of upset about how Family Guy was still on Fox. Mm-hmm. And then I brought up, and I, I think you kind of agreed that, wait a second, it's not on Fox because Disney owns Fox. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. They don't own... They own the studio that was Fox Television, but they don't own the network, meaning the network still gets money from ad revenue and various things like that. And the fact that Family Guy is still on Fox means that it's still on the network because it's not a different channel. It's generally just, again, Fox Network is still owned by News Corporation, which Mm -hmm. is the same company that he was complaining about. Because you know, it was he was basically complaining. If you're not aware of the story, because he doesn't like Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson consistently it's says fair. very controversial things, and so Seth MacFarlane was complaining about that. But yeah, he was complaining in the right place. Like he was complaining about the right people, because it does. Despite the fact that the production company that makes his show is Disney now, because um, like 20th Century Television is Disney. Mm-hmm. Fox is still owning, like News Corporation still owns the Fox network. So just to clarify that differentiation. I am now arguably more confused, Simon, but thank you for your clarity. Whoa, what are you more, what are you more confused about? Maybe there's an audience member that's more confused. <laughs> Let me explain it. What What is it I can, can clarify for you? So News Corp owns the Fox network, the TV channel, where Disney yes. owns... The, the Fox Studios, the movie studio. Correct. So News and Corp. Stu- and the TV studio as well. Okay. So, 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 so as a layman, 
it's essentially News Corp owns the distribution rights to Family Guy, technically, because they're distributing it on their network. But Disney produces the show. Am I, am I correct in that? Well, not really, because Family Guy's on Disney Plus. It is. So they don't own full distribution rights. Mm. Simpsons is also on Fox as well. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so they just they have a prior agreements that determine that they have to make. I guess keep if every any renewal for the shows that were already being made will be on the Fox network. I guess I don't know for sure, but it seems like probably long term these shows may not be on there because it depends on how what the contracts they signed say. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, the production company it's kind of like. There was a long-standing thing. I think it was like Person of Interest is a good example. It's a show which was produced by and show run by Jonathan Nolan. Mm-hmm. That show, I believe, was being produced by Warner Brothers Television. But it was on CBS. I might be wrong about the production company, but I know for sure it was not produced. Like the studio was not Viacom mm-hmm. CBS. It wasn't Paramount creating that show, but it was on CBS Network, like the TV channel. And as a result... There was talk about how they didn't like the idea of co-owning the property of Person of Interest. So that's kind of why it ended prematurely. That was like a rumor that was floating mm. around. I was kind of disappointing, disappointed that it was ending just because I really liked, loved that show. Um, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Does that clarify it for you? Okay. I think so. You're good at explaining things, man. Thanks. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for my corrections. Unless you have anything from last week or, or the week before that we made mistakes on. Of course, we try to do a little segment of our show if we've made mistakes from the previous episode in order to make sure that we're as correct as possible going forward. Mm-hmm. We're not. We got this covered. Or hype beast. Or cosmic book movie news. That's right. But Adrian, do you have anything from last week that we made any mistakes on that you'd like to mention on the show? At this moment? Um, I don't believe so, man. I don't think so. Okay. Then. I think I was perfect last week and so were you. Cool. Then let's uh, let's move on to what we've been watching this week, if, if we may. Oh, okay. What have you been watching this week, Adrian? We did mention that we were going to go watch The Card Counter, which never happened. Um, mm. We didn't do that because it's not available in our region. We'd have to drive long distances to get to the movie theater. 47 kilometers from my, my, my domain, Simon. 47. Crazy. Yeah, which is like Not. two miles, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit silly. It's too mm-hmm. bad. I don't I don't know what the reasoning would be. Like, it's got a very star-studded cast. I guess maybe they were just kind of building on the, the hype behind Shang-Chi, and they just really wanted to have multiple theaters, like multiple theater rooms with Shang-Chi, and, as opposed mm-hmm. to filling one in with the card counter. But we've got two movie theaters in Guelph, two Cineplex movie yeah. theaters. And neither of them have that movie, which I always find really puzzling when there's a movie of this kind of stature, and it's not in either of the two movie theaters across town that are both Cineplexes. Yeah. Or at the, at the very least, at the VIP cinema, like in Kitchener, which is fairly close too. Like it's uh, yeah. got quite a few movie theaters near us. I, I didn't check Landmark though. I should have checked Landmark cinemas. They usually have these like less uh, blockbuster style movies, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, and those I didn't check that. I think Princess Cinema, uh, if I if I recall correctly, I think I got like in one of their email dumps um, saying that they're going to get that movie. So maybe let's go to Princess. It's been a while. The Princess Cinemas, of course, are a uh, small uh, cinema. It's not really a chain, but it's got they've got two cinemas in the same spot in Waterloo, and yeah, we often go there. We live in Canada. If you didn't know that, listener, we're Canadian. 
here on Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Adrian, what did you watch this week? We talked a lot about what we did not watch. What did you watch? Hmm. I didn't watch much, man. Um, I mentioned that uh, I'd probably go watch Shang-Chi again, and I did watch it again. So I'm, I'll keep this conversation brief. We we had a pretty in-depth uh, review, about 40 minutes, a closer look episode, as you, uh, as you say, um, where we dive deep into spoilers and stuff. I feel like we still miss some of the things I wanted to talk about. But again, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, And again, I really love this movie. I think it's fantastic. And um, last week I was kind of on the fence on whether or not it's in my top five. And I, I think this week I'm going to make the official statement. It is in my top five favorite Marvel movies. Oh, Yeah. Wow. I'm going official, baby. Yeah. When, uh, when we saw it again, because we saw it again together, which – I was almost a little reluctant to see it again because I, I was like, I don't know if I love it that much. Um, after the movie, I was like, oh, wow, I really do love this movie. It is really good. I did. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. I, it isn't in my top five. I'm going to say that. There's a lot of mm-hmm. great Marvel movies that do a more original, that have a more original take, like Far From Home, the Spider-Man film, the Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, Affinity, mm-hmm. Infinity War, and uh, Avengers Endgame, both of which mm-hmm. I find to be better films just because they're far more original just because this follows a very strict marvel formula but mm-hmm. it does it extremely well to the point where i actually one thing i didn't mention on the a closer look episode that i really wish i had i think tony lung's performance is amazing i just would say that that i think that tony lung who plays uh, wen wu like the the mandarin in quotations mm-hmm. he does such a great job i just think that I don't know. I, I almost like teared up multiple times when he was talking and he's tearing up. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this performance is really, really good. I just, yeah. I don't know, maybe it was a, I was overwhelmed by the fact that we're back in theaters watching the first kind of um, next phase Marvel movie in a long time. Or this phase, I guess, Marvel movie in a long time. It's been a long time since we've seen something that's going to propel us forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I just found again his performance is incredible, and and then I looked him up, and this is his first Hollywood film. If you didn't know that, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, he's like a huge actor in Hong Kong, uh, if I recall correctly, and, yeah. and he's big in, in like in theaters there and movies there. But yeah, this is his first like big Hollywood blockbuster film uh, for us like Western audiences, and again, uh, I I agree wholeheartedly with everything you say, man. Like he is such a he has such a powerful performance, and I, I definitely teared up a couple times too. Like his delivery on, on all, all, the, all his lines, it, it, they did a really good job making you sympathize with the, with the villain, which is amazing. Which again, I feel like Marvel, Marvel's track record in general, I would say, um, they, they don't usually nail the villain. Um, I think they did with obviously Thanos, and I think Killmonger from Black Panther is really awesome too. Loki. Uh, there's lots of villains yeah, that they nailed. Oh yeah, I, I would argue there's lots, but I feel like there's also lots that they didn't. Uh, yeah, like uh, what, what is it, Atticus Ross? You know, from like the first Iron Man movie, like fa- fairly unremarkable. There's there's a lot of like these unremarkable villains uh, sprinkled throughout, and he's definitely a uh, star in my eyes. Um, and yeah, he, he was he was stellar. He was absolutely stellar in this film. And so it turned out. I had seen another movie, oh. but uh, it was uh, Ang Lee's Lust Caution. I watched that for a film class a number of years ago. And I was like, I mm. swear I recognize this guy. I know it's his first Hollywood film. I know Shang-Chi is his first Hollywood film, but I know I've seen him somewhere. And it turns out I had seen him in that movie. So Lust Caution. Mm. Shout out to Lust Caution. 
<laughs> by Ong Lee. But anyway. Is it good? Uh, it is really good, yeah. Ong Lee is really is it, good in general. Is it Ong Lee? I thought it was Ang Lee. Oh, it is Dan. It is Ang Lee. Okay. It's funny. I, I actually always called him Ang Lee forever. And then I looked up the pronunciation prior to this episode. And now I call, I'm calling him Ang Lee after never calling him that before. And the pronunciation actually being Ang Lee as well. So good, good on me. Yes. Messing up pronunciations. Really, You're really so nervous. The nerves are getting to you, man. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. But anyways, what else did you watch this week? Um, I guess on the topic of Marvel, I watched the most recent What If episodes. Uh, sorry, episode, singular. Um, there's It's the What If Zombies. Did you watch it? I did. I did see it, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fine. Um, <laughs> again, like it was... <sighs> This What If series, I think the episodes range from bad to fine, with I think episode four being a genuinely great episode. The the, the What If Doctor Strange Lost His Heart and Not His Hands. Um, other than that episode, honestly, like thinking, of, thinking about these five episodes, or I guess the four other episodes, I don't really like the show. I'm like, again, I feel like What If Zombies is such a cool idea. I read the Marvel Zombies comic series um a while back like when i think in university um and it's they do a lot of really cool things with it where the the superheroes that you know become zombies they still keep remnants of their personality and things like that um and and they talk and everything they just have like this insatiable hunger for human flesh and it adds like a lot of depth to the story whereas in this one they're not like that they're really just like they're they're zombies and they have kind of their powers the only i guess yeah i don't know i thought it was fine i'm not a huge fan of this <laughs> to, to, to be totally honest with you what did you think i loved it again i really have loved this series since since the second episode i would say the first episode again pretty poor honestly but uh there's just no emotional connection. Yeah, like I think it's a bad episode. That one's bad. Yeah. Um, but I find that the rest of them are good. I also, I try my best to not have source material taint my perception of what something is in the MCU, mm-hmm. especially, but across the board in anything I do. So I've read Harry Potter and I watched Harry Potter and I I, I get there's differences. It, it's, it's not a big deal uh, for me, that aspect ever. I tried, I shouldn't say ever, but I, I try to make it that way. Um as consistently as possible. As an example, we know a couple of people that read Game of Thrones and they just Mm. couldn't get over the fact that they had read Game of Thrones to the point where it influenced how they saw the show in the earlier seasons. Like, okay, I know there's a lot of listeners out there that maybe hated season eight. I'm talking about like Mm -hmm. early seasons that people really thought were amazing. One through six. Yes. These individuals who read the books that that we knew just could not get over it. And uh, I just don't, I didn't read Game of Thrones, so I guess I don't have the exact same perspective, but I try my best to not have that kind of mm-hmm. idea or, or try and get tainted too too badly or too harshly by the original source material. Yeah. I can, unless it changes it in a, a, like a legitimately worse way than what it was, it can change it in like a sideways way or, you know, the same greatness or it can mm-hmm. make it better. But if you make it legitimately worse, I can see why you wouldn't. Yeah, like, like again, show, in the, but yeah, like in this way, I think it was worse because they just take they take away. Well, there's something that would give you more emotional depth. I know it's a totally it's different story. Though, man. It's a thirty minute yeah. episode. Like these are thirty minute episodes. They're little snippets. Like they're not massive 
TV series or not comic series. Like we, you got to take mm-hmm. it with a grain of salt in that regard. I, I genuinely think again, it, it's good. It's ninety three percent of Rotten Tomatoes. So unfortunately, That's you're good. in the minority on the on this one in terms of critics. Anyway, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I just don't really like the series. It's it's kind of unfortunate. I was pretty excited for it. Um, I was like curious about it. But yeah. But I do agree with you. Like there, there is a level of pretentiousness when people are like, ah, and the books are better. And it's like, this is a totally different medium. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly good at, you know, separating like the source material from, you know, whatever, you know, like a TV show as an example or a movie. Um, I think of like Death Note as a, as an example. Like I, I brought it up multiple times, like the Netflix Death Note movie. Um, I actually quite liked it. Again, it's very different from the source material and it's, it's, it's unique uh, and they use some of the elements and I, I really, I still had a good time with it, but yeah, definitely not as good as the original, but it's, it's a, it's a different, it's a different story. Um, so you kind of have to, yeah, like wrap your head around that, but uh, yeah, I don't know these, what if episodes, I think they suffer um, from being only these like 30 minute snippets or 40 minutes in this case, I think it was this past episode. And I feel like I kind of wish they would have just had a, uh, I don't know, like give these creators more time, like let them do multiple episodes. Do you think like if they do a what if season two, because a lot of these episodes kind of end on a cliffhanger, you think they're going to go back to these stories and continue them in like a second season or anything? Or do you think it's like a one and done? I thought about that actually after watching the zombies episode. Yeah, it's a great question. Like I, I, as soon as I finished the zombies episode, I was like, are they going into this for a second episode? Like, is that what this is trying to say like the next mm-hmm. episode is what if zombies part two, but they didn't call this part one. So I highly doubt that. And uh, yeah, I don't think so. I think this is it. I think they're just, they're almost like mini or, or bigger, bigger trailers kind of thing. They're not, they're not really that deep, but the, I don't really care that it's that deep in that they, as long as the characters stay true to themselves and the dialogue makes sense within the confines of which, you know, what each character is and who they are. I don't really care that much. And so that's why I didn't like the first episode because as much as that episode felt rushed, the issue was not that. It was that the characters were literally saying and doing things to, for comedy, but then they weren't saying and doing things that they legitimately should have been saying based on who their character is or mm-hmm. who their characters are. So that was that was my bigger problem with the first episode. But every other episode, they've kind of – like if you look at the second episode with T'Challa, um, I think he was handled very well. He – he, I think there, there was elements of comedy and there was elements of, you know, sadness, various things in that whole episode that I feel like it reflected well on the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just, I don't know, the pacing is just faster and you just got to have to get used to it, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you don't like it this much every episode just because, again, it is so well regarded. Like there, there is, the audience score is matching the critic score. It's 93% yeah. for but interesting. Yeah, I know I'm in the minority. I, I just want more out of it. And uh, yeah, I, I know I have to accept it for what it is, but I just I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Again, I, I think the Doctor Strange episode, episode four, is like a genuinely great episode. I really did love that one. But in the rest, I'm just like, well, whatever. I, I could honestly live without this series. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Mm-hmm. All right, man. But that that's really all I watched, man. I, I It's been a fairly slow week for me. I've been... Uh, playing a lot of video games. Sorry, Ken. Uh, what have you watched? Speaking of video games, just briefly, I know we're not a video game podcast, as we say often on the, on this show, um, but 
they announced that the like the PlayStation event this past Thursday that they're going to remake uh, Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. as you recall, because I yeah. 100% sure you watched that. I watched it. Yeah. Um, but that was exciting for me in a couple ways. One is that's neat that they're revisiting that and it could be really cool because it's being remade, not just a remaster. But I do wonder, will that lead into and is that meant to hype perhaps a show or a movie based on the Knights of the Old Republic? Do you think that that's a mm-hmm. possibility? I'm just kind of curious just to do a quick crossover because you mentioned you were playing mm-hmm. video games mostly this week. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I mean, there's a lot of rumor and speculation about Ryan Johnson's trilogy from back in the day. I don't know if he's still doing it as far as I'm aware he is, but who knows. And a lot of the rumor was that he was going to do like the Old Republic. Um, I I remember that being one of the the prominent rumors. Obviously, none of that has come to fruition yet. And I don't think it was like really like coming from any sort of reliable sources, to be fair. Um, Right. But I I wouldn't be surprised um, if they do go down that route. Because, uh, again, uh, I never played Knights of the Old Republic. That was, I think, like an Xbox uh, original game back in the day. I never had the original Xbox. And I've never gone back to it, to be fair. Uh, I played a little bit of the Star Wars MMO. And, I, I, again, like those cut cutscenes and those trailers for that uh, video game was were badass. They were super cool. And, like, this this, this really awesome idea. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they kind of do that. I want something new and refreshing. I, I don't think we need to focus on like the Skywalker saga, like this, this specific time frame in the Star Wars universe, like explore more in, in these like live action TV series or animated or movies. Of course. I find it interesting too, because they're, they're going into this now, like they're trying to remake this now, but there was no trailer that was really substantial. There was no gameplay shown. So I wonder if they, they're going to time this and then maybe the next Star Wars film that we don't know, what that is yet we just are not aware of it i think it's coming out 2023 i'm confused because avatar avatar for somehow somehow i don't know why it's that's one of the weirdest things to me about disney right now they're kind of equating avatar in in star wars avatar goes star wars goes avatar goes star wars goes no offense but i'm not an avatar fan but i'm a star wars fan so why why are you doing this with the films every second Mm -hmm. year is a star wars film and every second year is an avatar film that seems ridiculous to me but anyway uh, they're both sci-fi. <laughs> That's yeah. the relationship. But I, I wonder I think, if they'll time oh, that KOTOR, like Knights of the Old Republic game, with yeah. a Knights of the Old Republic movie that might theoretically be in the cards. But we'll see. It would be a smart move, uh, like on both fronts. I think it would drive sales for the game and then obviously drive sales for like tickets and, and things like that. Anyone, uh, I, I always talk about like I love this sort of like cross-pollination, like this multimedia thing for ips and uh if you can do that i'm all into it um i i do kind of get why they're going the route of you know like avatar star wars avatar star wars and i think it's probably because at least me i felt pretty fatigued um getting a star wars movie every single year for like five years we got uh force awakens then rogue one which again rogue one's fucking awesome that's that's one of the greatest star wars movies around uh, then The Last Jedi, which again, fantastic movie. And then we got Solo, like I think like four or five months later. And obviously that didn't perform too well. I, I like Solo enough. The Han Solo Solo movie called Solo, a Star Wars story. I like that movie enough. But uh, yeah, after that, we had like Rise of Skywalker. And then after Rise of Skywalker, that movie sucks. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely was like, ah, I can live without Star Wars for a while. 
but Mandalorian came out and I, I got all into that right away. Like, I, I think Mandalorian's fantastic. So I don't know. I don't know. I can live without bad Star Wars movies. I'm not fatigued over the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they launched like three movies a year at this point. So like two, three movies a year. So it's not, I don't know. I don't agree. I don't, I don't ever buy that fatigue thing. That's, that's never been a thing for me because I love Star Wars so much that I don't really think that that's a thing for me. I don't like bad Star Wars movies. It, it, it worries me every time a movie is going to come out from the Star Wars universe because I'm not sure whether it's going to be good or not. Um, but at the same time, the only one I really didn't like was Rise of Skywalker. Like all of the yeah. rest, in my opinion, even the prequels, I did enjoy. I don't hate them. I just think Rise of Skywalker is a plot hole, <laughs> ter- terrible plot, plot hole disaster. But anyway, um, but yeah, there's another thing about that too. This uh, I don't know if you saw this online on Twitter or what, what not, but Sam Meggs is a writer for the Knights of the Old Republic and she's kind of been being like harassed on social Classic. media. This is just a, a woman? Yeah. Writing Star Wars stuff. How of dare course they? she's going <laughs> Of course she's gonna be harassed. She's but, also, like a lot of these She's an outspoken feminist. So that does mm-hmm. not help her cause. And she's outspoken in her love, and this is why I love that she's on this project, in her love for The Last Jedi. And I'm like, oh, they yes. picked the right person for me. She believes it's the best Star Wars movie. Fuck yeah. Okay, I'm I'm sold on the Knights of the Old Republic now. Yeah. See? That's dope as shit. Yeah. That's dope as shit. It's kind of exciting. So I'm excited for the game. I think that there, I have a feeling they could be strategically placing this, um, you know, alongside a, a movie. My confusion, by the way, with the Avatar Star Wars thing is that I just don't find that there, one fan of one, the fan of one of them is not the fan of the other. That's why I was confused. Mm-hmm. Why, why are you staggering those two properties? You know what I mean? That was my yeah. confusion. I get the Star Wars fatigue argument. That I understand. Like staggering it every two years makes sense. But uh, yeah. But there's no such thing as Avatar fatigue. People love Avatar. You know? It's it's incredible. And we've Dude, had I'm, so I'm, many movies launched for Avatar over the last 25, 50 years that it's um <laughs> like, is that movie even gonna come out? That's my question. Is the next Avatar coming out in 2022 or whatever the shit? I'm starting to believe it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's vaporware. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. <laughs> anyway okay let's let's move on to oh i guess i have one more movie i did watch sorry actually let, let me oh. go into that for a brief moment i did watch a movie with my girlfriend we watched the inventor out for blood in silicon valley which you can watch today if you're in the united states on hbo max wow or if you're in canada like you and i adrian you can see it on crave tv <gasps> yes anyway this movie is a documentary and it's about Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, Speaking of vaporware. Elizabeth Holmes. She's uh, the sister to Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yes, and the cousin to Katie Holmes as well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's not the case. But regardless, Elizabeth Holmes, basically, she thought herself a Steve Jobs-like figure. And she brought to the world a company called Theranos. Oh my God. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know about this did you, lady. Did you invest? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, good. Because it was not a good thing to invest in. Um, <laughs> but she's in court right now. She's actually on trial right now. And the movie goes into why she's on trial. But basically her company was supposed to, it was supposed to, uh, in a small vial of blood, like a like a skin, a skin prick, as opposed to a, a venous like amount of blood, like a vial of blood. She claimed that she could test for all manner of diseases up to like 200 different ailments, which 
arguably is impossible at this time. And she she was marketing, bringing to market this machine called the Edison that would was basically able to take this tiny little vial of blood based on a pinprick amount of blood from your finger and then test it for all of these diseases. And uh, yeah, I haven't seen this movie, but it seems to be on the same level as Fire Festival mm. in in the in the in the scope of the amount of fraud yeah. potentially. But it is interesting. Her life is interesting in this. The story is is neat. It's a two hour movie, so if you have a a moment to jump into that, if you are interested in documentaries, there, Adrian, you could you could see it, or audience members, you can you can watch it if you're if you're keen. But I, I did find it interesting because I thought that the whole concept of her kind of dressing like Steve Jobs and these turtlenecks and everything like that. She was such a Steve Steve Jobs fan, and like you know. And she was in Silicon Valley, and she was kind of like faking it till she, she was making it, kind of, kind of scenario. But the ironic thing is, she didn't make it. Indeed, she's in court now. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it, or or did she? She didn't. That's why she's in court. Anyway, yeah, you did hear about this. I uh, mm-hmm. did you uh, did you have a a keen eye to watch it, or you just kind of just heard about it and thought it was interesting? I just heard about it and thought it was interesting. I I, I didn't hear about the movie. I just know about Elizabeth Holmes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Neato, neato. All right. Well, that's pretty much all I watched this week. I watched a few other episodes of uh, Only Murders in the Building and Nine Perfect Strangers, but I don't really, really want to talk too much about that again. We talked about that last week, and I'll and I'll keep chiming in about it as I get closer to the end of each of the first seasons of those two two shows. But um, but yeah, Adrian, I think we should move on to the news, unless you disagree. <laughs> How did you know I would, Simon? You always disagree. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, are you saying we're, should we should continue or? No. I don't know why I'm even waiting for your permission. I don't give a crap. Let's begin with <gasps> okay, a small dear. collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as publication Variety reports, Fleabag star Phoebe Waller-Bridge has decided to depart from Amazon's Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV series due to creative differences with star Donald Glover. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was conceived as a TV series based upon the Doug Liman-directed film of the same name in which two married spies are each ordered by their respective spy agency to assassinate each other. Mm. Glover and Waller-Bridge were meant to play the Smiths and executive produce the project, but these plans have recently fallen through. The series is being showrun by Fargo Season 4 writer and Atlanta Season 3 producer Francesca Sloan. Adrian! What did you What do you think about this this uh, little bit of a uh, controversy here? Controversy. Uh, it's a little bit disappointing, honestly. I really like Phoebe Waller Bridge. I think Fleabag is a phenomenal TV show. Those two seasons are absolutely hilarious and heartfelt and incredibly well written, and it feels so real. And uh, it, it, it's pretty. It's a pretty big bummer that that she's leaving this show and that her and Donald Glover are having these creative differences. I I like Donald Glover as a creator as well. So I'm not like, you know, I'm not like wiping my hands clean and being like, I'm out of this show because I think I've only seen the first season of Atlanta, but it's, it's a great, it's a great series um, from what I saw. Um, But yeah, this is definitely a little bit disappointing, man. What do you think? Yeah, it is pretty disappointing because I feel like they're like two powerhouses Mm -hmm. and they both make something really, really unique in each of their respective Series, I, I feel like Phoebe Waller Bridge is kind of she has a quite a good track record in general, though. She's like she's also producing Killing Eve, mm-hmm. um, and she had a part in 
I believe, writing Solo, a Star Wars story, or, or, or yeah, she is in Soul, uh, the Han Solo solo movie called Solo, a Star Wars story. She plays. Oh, she's not. Oh, she didn't write it. Yeah. That's a mistake. Yeah, she's Sorry. she's the alien. Um, she also, if I recall correctly, I think she has writing credits on this new James Bond movie that's coming out too. Um, if I recall correctly, so I'm looking at her filmography right now because I don't want to make that mistake. But yeah, she didn't write um, Solo. That was a an error on my part. I misread that. And wait, what movie did you say she, she um, wrote? She is credited as like one of the screen uh, writers for the latest Bond movie, the No Time to Die Bond movie. Oh. She like polished the script. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's quite interesting. But yeah, that's odd. That's, a, that's an unfortunate situation that they had to part ways. But I feel like their styles kind of differ potentially. So it doesn't surprise me too much. You kind of put like two two executive chefs in the same kitchen. So it would have been amazing if they could have concocted something together, but I feel like that that might've been the reason why this has gone South. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's pretty unfortunate. Um, again, like, like you said, they are two powerhouses and they, I feel like they do have different styles. So when you like bring these two big creatives together that again, and it's, it's, it's a cool idea. Like you want to have like, you know, two creatives together working on something, but you know, sometimes these creators just don't fit. The puzzle pieces don't fit. So a little bit disappointing, but I'm still curious about this show. Again, having a writer from Fargo, I'm all in. I still haven't seen Fargo season four. Have you? I think the the problem with that is that I'm pretty sure Fargo season four is the worst reviewed season. Mm-hmm. Is it not? It is. It- I haven't though. I haven't. I was kind of waiting. We, we, we thought we were waiting for it to launch on some kind of streaming service. Star. I was hoping that was going to be on Star, but it is not. No, I don't think that will go on Star. They have some pre-existing uh, relationship like FX and uh, Netflix Rogers here in Canada. Oh. So I don't think that's going to happen. But oh, in, in terms of the reviews, I'm not too correct on that. It's not that badly reviewed. It's 84%, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The season four, I mean. But the audience score is 55. Oh. So it's polarizing to say the least, yeah. I guess. Because, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like, it's interesting because some FX shows are on Star, um, like, like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm pretty sure that was an FX show. All of that's on Star. But again, the first three seasons of Fargo are on Netflix. So, I don't know, we're, we're reaching about a year since season four premiered for Fargo. So, I'm hoping we get that on either Netflix or Star. Yeah. Because uh, I really want to watch this. I, I love Fargo. Like, it's one of the greatest shows out there. Those first three seasons are spectacular like I, I i'm in love with those seasons and uh yeah they're amazing i want i want to see season four me too yeah. me too Alrighty, number two as reported by variety marvel's shang chi and the legend of the ten rings has broken the labor day box office record for most ticket sales with 94.4 million dollars in earnings traditionally labor day weekend is a relatively slow time for the box office the previous record holder was the 2007 film halloween which garnered $30.6 million for its Labor Day opening weekend. Shang-Chi technically had the second biggest opening weekend of the pandemic, if you specifically only look at Friday, Saturday, Sunday totals, with Marvel's Black Widow sitting in the top spot. Reportedly, the Shang-Chi film's cost to make is pretty close to $150 million, and therefore this opening weekend has been viewed all in all by industry analysts as a huge win. Prior to launch, Marvel parent company Disney's CEO, Bob Chappick, had initially called the Shang-Chi release an experiment, quote-unquote experiment, that would influence the nature of how Disney might launch films in the near future. 
It's important to remember that Black Widow was famously launched as a Disney Plus premiere access rental title, day and date, alongside its theatrical release. But according to Variety, the theater goers have spoken, and Disney has officially, as of this past week, decided to launch the remaining 2021 blockbuster films exclusively in theaters. Director Chloe Zhao's Marvel film Eternals, director Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, director Matthew Vaughn's The King's Man, and director Ridley Scott's The Last Duel will each get a 45-day theatrical exclusivity window prior to being launched on the Disney Plus streaming service. In contrast, Disney's animated film Encanto Encanto. will get a 30-day theatrical exclusivity launch window prior to premiering on Disney Plus. In direct reference to Disney's decisive move, chairman of Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution Kareem Daniel stated, quote, Following the tremendous box office success of our summer films, which included five of the top eight domestic releases of the year, we are excited to update our theatrical plans for the remainder of 2021. As confidence in movie going continues to improve, we look forward to entertaining audiences in theaters while maintaining the flexibility to give our Disney Plus subscribers the gift of Encanto, Encanto. this holiday season. Unquote. Adrian, huge story here. Lots to unpack, mm-hmm. but not going to say it as if it was completely us, but we won. We, we won, Adrian. We, won. we did this. I'm kidding. We drove this. We drove Disney to make this decision. This, this is all on us because we were yeah. so adamant about our disdain for uh, Premier Access on Disney Plus that when they did this Shang-Chi thing, not only did we see it once, we did it twice. And we single-handedly brought that $94.4 million up there. Just the two of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree with you completely. Uh, that was a joke. I, I was making a, a funny. We, we definitely didn't have any influence. We did. Except for maybe in, an, in New Zealand where we're the second uh, most listened to podcast. But um, other than there, I, I hate to say it to you, Adrian, but I don't think we had much of an influence. Mm-hmm. But we did claim repeatedly, please vote with your wallet. And we've said uh, in the last few episodes, you know, please support your local theater if you if, if it's safe to do so mm-hmm. and so i i do um as much as we didn't have anything to do with this we are very happy about it certainly i mean i think i spoke speak for both of us to say that we're both pretty pleased that this has happened that eternals last duel west side story the king's man mm-hmm. and encanto to some extent are all getting exclusivity windows in theaters which is nuts it's awesome i'm ecstatic simon i'm ecstatic um, again, Shang-Chi really deserves um, to be watched in theaters. It's such a visual spectacle, and I'm glad people are going out to see it. And I'm very I'm very pleased that the rest of these movies are going to be, you know, a 45-day theatrical uh, exclusivity window. It's not that 90 that we used to have, but hey, I feel like 45 is a sweet spot. And then obviously Encanto being 30, I think that's a – it's a good idea, you know, like put it up for 30 days and then have it have people, um, you know, watch it at home for the holidays. I think that's an okay move. Um, all in all, I still don't like Bob Chappick. Uh, he's a, he's a little bitch boy. Whoa. And, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he didn't want this. He's the worst Bob around. Um, but, uh, yeah, we won. We won. I like this Kareem Daniel guy. He's no, no offense, man, but there's no way that Bob Chappick didn't want this. He's the CEO of the company. He, he wanted, to put it all on Disney Plus. That's what he was betting on. And he, it, I mean, he, he's still going to win. Regardless. Oh, I see. You think, you think they were, his hand was forced. Is that what you mean? Yeah. That's what I okay. like to think. Cause I thought you were like, no, they, they, they tied him up. 
<laughs> they tied him up in the in his in his you know corner office, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna make this announcement without you. <laughs> I thought that's that was what you were referencing, but no, okay, yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, man, it, I, I'm very pleased about this. I'm excited again to see all these movies in theaters. I love uh, again. We talk about the movie theaters so much, like. For the first year of this fucking podcast, pretty much, we weren't even able to go to the theaters. And I'm just so glad they're back. And we've been going pretty much consistently since they've reopened at least once a week. And um, again, like this lineup of movies is very exciting. I'm I, like, I, I can't wait for Eternals. I can't wait for West Side Story and The King's Man, which again, looks freaking dope as shit. Um, like this is this is all fantastic news. And uh, again, yeah, we we won, dude. We did this. I know you. I know you like to be humble. <laughs> oh man! But I'm not. I'm not a humble man. We did this. This is a, this is all us, yes. baby. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Um, but yeah, it's exciting. I was kind of surprised actually that they were willing to make this announcement with so many months to go because mm-hmm. these variants just keep hitting. The COVID variants keep hitting the United States and Canada, and yeah. it's it's kind of hard to predict how they're gonna how this is going to affect the world in terms of movie going yeah. um, at this point. Cause we don't know what the next variant is or is going to do um, that's on the horizon. So um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting and it's uh, sort of fantastic that it's kind of directly related to the fact that Shang-Chi did so well mm-hmm. because of the fact that Bob Chapik literally said it was an experiment just before it came out. So I, I think that, I don't know, it's very, uh, you know, triumphant in uh, Simu Liu's corner. You know, Simu mm-hmm. Liu kind of pushed back against the concept of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings being an experiment. Yeah. Although I think he might have been confused by what Chapik meant by that. I, I, I find that it's interesting that he was so, he pushed so far back to say that, you know, this is not an experiment. This is a, like a triumph. This is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to defeat. Uh, he wasn't saying we're going to defeat COVID, but we're going to, you know, get the box office numbers. We're going to defeat Bob Chapik. Traffic. We're gonna beat him. Yes, like Disney Kingpin. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna beat him. I, we we talk too much about beating people in this show, Adrian, and that's just because of you. Seriously, you, I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say that. Okay, that's not true. I wish Bob Chappick and his family well. Okay, that sounded like I was threatening him. Uh, I oh, I, um, I wish I wish Bob Chappick and his family well too. I do, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Wink. I'm winking at you, Simon. I'm not winking. I'm not yeah. winking. I actually do. Yeah. Okay. Me too. Me just too. Because it was, it, what I believe to be bad executive decisions, like like letting that ridiculous PR person call out Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. you know, oh my God, I still yeah. can't believe that happened. It's, <laughs> yeah, that, that was absolutely ridiculous. It's um, so insane. <laughs> if I was Bob Chapek, I would have been like, no, this guy's fired. I would have been, I, I literally, like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> That, I know I would have gone on the record though, and, yeah. and I was like, "We fired him." Um, unfor- unfortunately, he was not talking on behalf of the company. Yeah, yeah, no, that is it's still shocking. I and like they didn't really Bob, apologize for that language. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I like to think Bob was there, nodding his head in in in, in happiness when that PR man put his put a statement out. Because again, we all know Bob's the worst. Bob, he's the worst. Bob. It's interesting with Shang Chi though. Like it, it. it uh, not only is it doing incredibly well, but I think it has the highest rated audience score for any superhero movie. That may have changed, but it's like higher than like The Dark Knight and all, all of these other movies. So that's super cool. Again, people are really loving this movie. And I think, again, it is a triumph. Um, it's great. You know, like it's a diverse cast, like it's a Asian led Marvel movie, which we have not had. 
Um, and again, I think this is a win on a lot of fronts. Um, and again, this is all us. Yeah, sure. Oh, I would like to point out one thing I forgot to mention when we talked about how we watched the film again in theaters. Um, Joel P. West, his score for this movie is amazing. Yeah. I love the score for this mm-hmm. movie. It's so good. I've been like listening to it while I've been writing the various news stories for the podcast. And uh, man, it's so good. I just, I love it. I, I think that, I don't know, there's something even, it kind of invokes emotion relatively easily in me just listening to it, which it just reminds me of the specific scenes or like, oh, it's so good. It's emotionally charged. And I was mentioning Tony Long's performance. I feel like it it did all the more to help him achieve me crying in theater, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I feel like it was it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It is awesome, I should say. It is awesome. I, I you can still watch it. it right now. It's still in theaters. You should still you should watch it right now. Pause this podcast, drive to your theater, demand they show it right when you get there. Go into that theater, get some popcorn, get some butter on that popcorn, get your get a nice pop if you want to pop. Put some M&M's, put some M&M's, sprinkle them on the top of the popcorn. You could do that and then you do the little shake. Not so, M&M's, sorry. It is M&M's. M&M's, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know why, my brain just farted for a moment. Skittles. Put Skittles in your popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Skittles. <laughs> that can't be good. That can't be a good flavor combination. No, no, I I, I highly doubt it would be. The M&M's. But arguably, Adrian, hold on. Pause the podcast. You don't have to pause the podcast. Listen to the podcast to your car. Put it on in the car. Drive to the theater. What are you talking about? That's true. Podcasts are perfect for the car. Listen to the podcast while you're watching the movie, kind of like a movie commentary. Yeah, uh, although a lot of this podcast it won't be about Chung chi Just yeah. keep in mind that you'll be a little bit off track when we start talking about yeah. uh, Tenet as an example. Damn, that bus scene is wild, eh, moviegoer? Wow, look at that kick. Yeah, just keep chiming in, actually, Adrian, every so often throughout the rest of this podcast so that our viewer, listener, I should say, they uh, you know, they get the, the gist mm-hmm. of your commentary throughout this otherwise unrelated podcast commentary to Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay, number three, the third news story. Number three, according to publication deadline, Tenet director Christopher Nolan's next film will likely be centered around atom bomb scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer as he develops the hydrogen bomb during World War II. There also appears to be a strong likelihood that Peaky Blinders actor and longtime Nolan collaborator Killian Murphy will have a part to play in the new movie. Nolan is reportedly shopping the screenplay around to various Hollywood studios, which is quite unusual for him specifically, considering that every past Nolan film has been produced by Warner Brothers dating all the way back to the 2002 launch of Insomnia, starring Al Pacino and Robin Williams. The word on the street, according to Deadline, is that Nolan was pretty disappointed with Warner Media's decision to launch their entire 2021 slate of blockbuster films on HBO Max simultaneously as in theaters, and he's decided to take his business elsewhere. This move did not affect Nolan directly, as his previous movie Tenet premiered exclusively in theaters in the summer of 2020, but he certainly expressed his distaste for the Warner Brothers announcement when he called HBO Max the quote-unquote worst streaming service in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Adrian, Adrian, we got another Christopher Nolan movie on the potential mm-hmm. horizon here. Seems like a pretty far way out because it's just a, a script being shopped around, but it's closer than, than yesterday, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And tomorrow will be even closer. 
than today. Actually, it's it's odd because I feel like yesterday is when this story came out. So we're not much closer than yesterday because we record this on a Saturday. And for the audience listening to this who listens to it on Monday, we've been actually about the same closeness since Thursday or Friday. So, you know, time. How does it work? Nobody knows. Time travel. Time travel. Nobody knows. Tanette. We are t- traveling through time, technically, Adrian, what? from Saturday to Monday. That's for the audience member. Nuts, dude. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah. It's what? Absolutely crazy. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. What? I know. It's insane. My mind, dude. And if we Blown. listen to this, if we listen to this on next Saturday, we'll have traveled a week back. Whoa. I know. It's I absolutely we, I crazy. Think- I think we're writing And this a, bit has gone on far too long. So. I think we're writing a script right now on air, me and you. Yeah, the Time Traveling Podcast. Yes, it's a, it's a spinoff. By Adrian Pinter. I'm not putting my name on that shit. <laughs> it's a spinoff so, of The Time Traveler's Wife. What? Yeah. I don't really understand that reference. Me neither. But anyway, Adrian, what do you think about this Christopher Nolan news? He's uh, making a World War II film again about <laughs> Oppenheimer. Thoughts? I think this sounds really cool. Again, I'm I'm curious. Um, like other than Dunkirk, I feel like a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies have like more not necessarily fantastical elements, but there's there, there's something specific about it uh, that you know kind of sets it apart from a lot of other movies. And I think, I mean, Dunkirk is like once you realize what the what what is going on, it's pretty wild. And I'm curious what he's going to do with a movie like this and how he's going to kind of alter history slightly uh, for us to be thoroughly enjoyed while watching it. I love Killian Murphy as well. I'm glad that he collaborates with Nolan so often. He's such an amazing actor. And uh, again, I think this is uh, a big loss for Warner media and a huge get for whoever picks this up. Who do, who are you betting on? Who do you think is going to get this? You think Disney's going to walk, walk around with their, with their, with their huge Disney penis and, slam it on on christopher nolan's table and be like join us uh like through like 20 20th century media or whatever the fuck it's called now um i don't think it's going to be disney because disney is making the same damn mistake they're doing premiere access right it's their focus oh, that's true so it doesn't make sense like i would maybe sony because sony's the only one sticking with the theatrical releases so that was my first suggestion would have been sony but then but then but then what but then what simon i thought maybe jesus fucking christ spit it out man (laughs) suspense is killing me i wish i could time travel to to where you say your goddamn statement but then what (laughs) i should point out specifically scott stuber who works for netflix he's an executive at netflix he's i believe the head of content if i'm not mistaken Netflix's film chief, Scott Stuber, he wants to get Nolan badly. And I think he'd do anything he can to get a hold of Nolan's next movie to the point where he'll just create a theatrical exclusivity prior to it hitting Netflix. So I actually think that Netflix is actually a big, it seems counterintuitive because we just talked about how obviously Nolan doesn't love the idea of streaming. Um, Netflix is arguably the best streaming service. So based on his his quote there about HBO Max being the worst streaming service, Netflix is arguably the best one. So there's that. 
But I'm looking at the reason why it took so long, I apologize, is because I was looking for a quote by Scott Stuber in regards to Nolan. And here it is. I found it just in time. Just in time there after making you wait five minutes. Quote, if and when he comes up with his new movie, it's about can we be a home for it? And what would we need to do to make that happen? He's an incredible filmmaker. I'm going to do everything I can. In this business, I've learned you need to have zero ego. I get punched and knocked down and get back up. Scott Stuber. Good guy. Good guy to Scott Stuber. Scott Stuber's going for Nolan. I think that mm-hmm. that's a, a, there's a high chance, especially because Nolan was willing to put Inception on Fortnite. I think that uh, there's not, I feel like it's not impossible, certainly, that yeah. Netflix, but they're, you know. Yeah, I forgot that was a thing. What the fuck? Weird. As you called Disney having a big swinging dick, I think Netflix also has a big swinging dick, as you say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that they would love to get on board. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, man. Because, yeah, like, it, I mean, Netflix is predominantly a streaming service, but they're no stranger to releasing some of their movies, uh, like, in theaters prior to them launching. Like, I know The Irishman had, like, a brief, like, theater exclusivity window. I think Marriage Story as well. Um so, yeah, I, th- I think that would be a good get. I'm curious what it would take um, for Christopher Nolan to partner with Netflix and how long that exclusivity window would have to be. Like, would it have to be that full 90 day thing or is it going to be a little bit more open? Like, how long is it going to be? I'm curious. I'm very curious about this. I thing. think it completely depends on what Nolan wants. I feel like mm-hmm. if Nolan doesn't, I don't think Nolan would make a compromise in that regard. Um, I agree. So I think that. No matter what happens, whatever 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 choice is made, I feel like it will be like, oh, okay, Nolan wanted that. Yeah. Although again, it still shocks me to this day that somehow Inception was on Fortnite, but it is what it is. It's, I mean, it's an old movie at this point. It was like the ten year anniversary, so it's not like it's that shocking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I guess you want the exposure at that point, but he's such a purist. Nolan is that it was just surprising to me. When that was announced, uh, I should yeah. mention because I always want to give credit to every source that I ever use on this podcast. That quote, by the way, was from a Variety article. They, oh. I believe, a Variety hosted an interview with uh, the Netflix film chief Scott Stuber, and so that's where that quote had come from. Um, Wild, triple threat. Yes, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, and Variety in one story. Crazy, indeed. Hmm. It's interesting to me that this whole Warner Brothers controversy is now coming. Like it's like karma. Like Nolan didn't have his film thrown onto HBO Max. That didn't happen with Tenet. Like he had his exclusivity window, but then he still was upset about it for the sake of, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He was upset about it for the sake of other directors. Because what happened was, if you don't recall audience, they put all of their blockbuster films on HBO Max, but they didn't really let anybody know that. They didn't let the filmmakers know that like the Dune, um, Dune director, Denis Villeneuve, like he was pissed. Like he, mm-hmm. he wrote an, an op-ed and like, was it Variety as well? I think it might've been Variety as well. And uh, he was mad. Like, he wrote it himself about how he did not like this. And then there was that whole rumor that we like bought into because it was a deadline article about how Denis Villeneuve's Dune will actually be a theatrical exclusive. And mm-hmm. then, and then Warner Brothers, I would almost say had the audacity, but they didn't really because they were just correcting a false rumor. Um, mm-hmm. But then they, they quickly corrected that and said, no, that's not happening. There's, it's still going to be a HBO Max day and date release with theatrical yeah. re- with a theatrical release. So 
Ah, it's, it's good stuff. Anyways, the actual Nolan quote, by the way, just to be clear, I think he talked to the Hollywood Reporter, but he said basically this. Some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find that they were working for the worst streaming service. <laughs> yeah, that was the Hollywood Reporter Brutal. interview with Christopher Nolan. <laughs> he obviously did not like the fact that uh, this was happening to all these filmmakers. Because they again, they didn't know. Like if you, if you, you could see many interviews after that announcement was made of all of these filmmakers just kind of being pissed. Like, what are you talking about? We, we have a contract and then they, they were, then they, they're kind of renegotiated. The Warner brothers renegotiated with all these filmmakers after the fact it's, it's an odd, an odd situation, but now karma has come back to bite HBO and Warner brothers in the ass, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Real quick. Um, before we move on, uh, I think last week or, or, or the week prior, we talked about Dune coming out like early October. It is coming out on October 22nd. So I, I don't, I, I just want to clarify that. I'm pretty sure we mentioned it on the show that we said like, it's like early October, but it is October 22nd. It is, but we saw somewhere together. I don't know if it was in the theater. Did they make a mistake on the trailer? Cause it said October 1st. It did. I remember that specifically. Yeah. I th it, it maybe was moved back to the 22nd. Um, but not uh, recently though, yeah. that might've been moved back like a while ago. Like, do all of these film like these? Do these Cineplex theaters have like the wrong trailer? No, it wasn't awesome. in Cineplex. We didn't see Dune as a trailer in Cineplex. Did we not? I don't know now. I don't think so. Not recently. I'm not sure. That is weird though, because we looked at that and we were like, "Whoa, that's way closer than we thought it was." And now it's not again. It's October 22nd. Yeah, it's like the what. I think when we were watching Shang-Chi or whatever movie we were watching and they played the trailer for um, the Kingsman and it said like releasing February, whatever. And then it's actually coming out in December of this year as well. I don't know if we ever mentioned it on the podcast, but it's weird because, yeah, I feel like Cineplex is maybe playing older trailers that had the original release date and they're not playing the newer ones. So the French Dispatch is also coming out on October 22nd. It is indeed. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's the Wes Anderson film. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's a double feature night if I ever seen one, Simon. Um, I'm actually going to Dune with my brother. I'm going to see Dune with my brother, so I uh, – oh. oh, whoa. I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. I'll just go with Peter. He, he wanted to watch it. Oh, okay. It's fine. I'll just replace you. I didn't uh, – you know, I don't mean to ditch you. That's not what I meant to do, but he asked me hey, it's fine. Me whatever. I'm over it. I'm over it's it. It's not like I'm you asked it. me at all well, to go watch it. I mean, we don't talk outside this podcast, so I, I didn't really have the opportunity. I guess I, I could have asked you on the show. I see. But again, you I, I guess you could have. I, I was just assuming. And you know what they say about assuming? It makes an ass out of you. I don't think that's the whole phrase. Anyways, now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Watcha! Number one, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, the Andy Serkis-directed Venom sequel, Venom, Let There Be Carnage has been pushed forward from its October 15th, 2021 premiere date to a new October 1st, 2021 theatrical release date instead. Which is weird because they pushed it back to October 15th, only to push it forward or more forward. But now it's on the date that we thought Dune was coming out. Dune. Number two, according to Variety, 
TikTok star Addison Rae has signed a new multi-year film deal with Netflix after the presumed success of her Netflix romantic comedy film, He's All That. Good for her, honestly. Using this like social media app, getting incredibly popular, and now doing uh, films. Uh, awesome job for this Addison Rae person. I don't know who she is though, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I've seen her on the TikToks ever. Number three, according to Variety, Doom Patrol actor Matt Balmer has been cast in the Showtime TV series adaptation of the Thomas Mallon novel, Fellow Travelers. Time Travelers, Simon? Question mark? Via a podcast? Oh my god, the Time Travelers podcast. Written by Adrian Pender. Number four, as publication deadline reports, Viacom CBS has renewed the Patrick Stewart starring series Star Trek Picard for a third season on Paramount+. Plus. I didn't even know there was a second season of that show yet. Number five, Actor Bob Odenkirk announced on Twitter that he's back to work on AMC's Better Call Saul after what he referred to as a minor heart attack put him in the hospital. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's healthy. Bob Odenkirk rules. And I can't wait for Better Call Saul, the final Better Call Saul season. Number six. According to Deadline, Loki actor Owen Wilson and The Mandalorian actor Rosario Dawson have both been cast in Disney's upcoming Haunted Mansion film, which is also set to star actors Lakeith Stanfield and Tiffany Haddish. Oh, snap. That's a pretty good cast. I haven't seen Tiffany Haddish in much, but those the, the other three actors, are uh, I've seen them in quite a few, and they're all great. So Number seven. As reported by Deadline, director George Miller's upcoming Mad Max Furiosa spinoff film starring Anya Taylor-Joy has been pushed back almost a full year and will now release on May 24th, 2024. Oh, snap. I really love that Mad Max movie. The most recent one. Fury Road? Yeah, that one. Number eight. As noted by The Hollywood Reporter, HBO Max has renewed its Gossip Girl reboot for a second season. Oh my goodness. Are they just telling the same story again? It's weird. I feel like Gossip Girl isn't that old of a show. It's, it's odd that they're just rebooting it. Anyways, not important. Number nine. As tech website The Verge reports, the Roku channel's first original movie will be Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, which is meant to be a holiday film spun off of NBC's TV series Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Oh my goodness. Good choice. Make the first movie that you, you release, the first original one, a holiday movie. Good call. <laughs> I'm guessing you're joking. I can't see your face. I am. All right, cool. Number 10. According to Variety, actor James McAvoy's upcoming thriller film, The Sun, will officially launch simultaneously on both NBC's Peacock and the Roku channel. McAvoy is reportedly completely unscripted throughout the duration of the film and was asked to improvise all lines throughout production. What an, what an odd choice. I'm curious about this. I want to watch it just because of that. But like what? We'll talk about that right after the montage, I think, just briefly. Number 11. A bonus, number 11. <gasps> As Deadline reports, production on the seventh Mission Impossible film, being directed by director Christopher McQuarrie, has wrapped. Gasp, I can't wait. And that concludes the montage. <laughs> Seven Mission Impossible. I tried to put the James McAvoy story at the end, but then this Mission Impossible um, story came up like just on my feed just before we started. So I just quickly wrote that story in there because I thought it was interesting that it wrapped finally after so much turmoil and stopped production because of COVID and, mm -hmm. you know, Tom Cruise renting out a yacht, like a massive boat. A yacht. Uh, no, he, he, I think he rented out a cruise ship for, for casting crew to self-isolate on. That's awesome. If I recall. 
because there's no cru- the cruise ship wasn't being used. He spent like his own money to just make sure that everybody was safe. And then there was that whole controversy where people weren't standing too close to each other, anyways. Yeah, and he had the meltdown. Yeah, which was I don't know. It's kind of warranted. I'm still on his side. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It was a strange situation, but anyway. Um, so that's why I threw in number 11. I tried to end it with the James McAvoy story because the son situation is such an interesting one. All of the actors around him will have no, will know their script. They'll have, of course, they'll be scripted. And then he is not scripted. So he's able to like just react to the situation because it's a very mysterious film in general. So the idea was let's have a genuine reaction because he shouldn't know what's going on. Although, I mean, that's called acting. But anyway. Um, acting. It's a different side of acting for him. He can act now. He's got to act. He will, won't have to act surprised because he doesn't know what's coming next, but he'll have to act in certain aspects if you know they tell him that something's in front of him or something has happened. Like, I don't know. His son goes missing or whatever happens to him. He has to yeah. act that out, even though he doesn't have a son, potentially. Actually, does James McAvoy have a family? I don't even know. Not sure. I don't know. I never checked. But it's not like they're, you know, kidnapping his actual... <laughs> His actual family or something in this movie would be funny if they did though yeah very legal very legal i'd imagine mm-hmm. or lots of paperwork and you know waivers the idea of this is absolutely nuts though is it just me it is nuts I, I like it doesn't seem like a good idea i i, I understand to me what? i think it's really cool because it's again just him it's not like they're all improvising it's just him improvising and he's a fairly great actor so i feel like he can pull it off yeah i think he can again i'm curious about watching it just because of that and like how how true this this statement is like yeah maybe he's improvising his lines but like how many times did they shoot the same scene to like figure out what he's gonna say i don't know it just seems like a like a very odd choice it's cool but an odd choice and definitely has my curiosity yes indeed has my attention as well all right adrian all right what do you got for me it has my son too simon they have my son. That's going to be one of the lines in the movie, I bet. But I got new releases for you, Simon. Ooh. So this is for September the 13th to September the 19th. That's a Monday to a Sunday, as it regularly is my friend. And the first couple movies are coming out on Tuesday, the 14th of September. This first one is a movie called Best Sellers. It's confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV application. This is a video on demand movie starring Michael Caine and Aubrey Plaza. And the premise is Aubrey Plaza uh, inherits like a dying publication company. And Michael Caine, being a renowned author, agrees to go on a book tour to try to save um, the uh, publication. Oh, Mm-hmm, which is cool. I love Michael Caine. Me too. I really like Aubrey Plaza as well. I know that combination seems interesting to me. Yeah. Because he's a pretty unique actor and he's like a legend. So it's yeah, it's cool. It is cool. Um, I'm curious. I wonder if it's a comedy. I don't think it is. And uh, again, most of the things I've seen Aubrey Plaza in have been comedies. But I know she was in like Child's Play, like the uh, Chucky reboot movie. Uh, and I don't think that was like a comedy. I think that's a horror movie. Oh, speaking of, this wasn't brought up. Halloween Kills is going to Peacock like as a day and date release as in theaters. That's an announcement. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was going to be a montage sequence, but you said you were going to bring it up in the <laughs> story three or story two, whatever, about Disney having the, you know, having the balls to <laughs> launch all their movies exclusively in theaters. 
Yeah. But uh, you failed me, Adrian. And now we can I, talk about it here. Yeah, I forgot about that. It's just a brief thing anyways. But Halloween Kills, the movie with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, which was the second, I believe, of the reboot series for the Halloween movies. Uh, it's technically the third movie because the reboot movie is a s- direct sequel to the first Halloween movie. Oh. Oh, okay. So the reboot is like a like the, the reboot movie that came out like three years ago in, I think, 2018. Again, yeah, it's yeah. like a direct sequel to the original Halloween movie, not uh, and like they disregard every other movie other than the original movie. Is it kind of like the Candyman type scenario, though? No, no. Like it's a, a genuine like sequel like happens like many years later. And like Jamie Lee Curtis, she's in the original Halloween movie. Like yeah, she's, I, she's I, the, I know. And she's the main actress. So I know. But Candyman is also a direct sequel in that way, too. Like it is. Literally a sequel. Yeah, I guess so. The Candyman needed to cost the film. So I'm, I'm wondering like how how much did they actually pull from the first film? I think a lot. Is my question. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I guess she's I never the main character, it, so that kind of makes sense. But yeah. anyways, Halloween Kill Kills, I, I thought it was shocking. And we were going to talk about this because of the fact that Disney just made this decision to launch all of their movies for 2021, or almost all of them, the, a lot of the big ones in theaters exclusively. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, we've got like, Peacock, NBC's Peacock, like launching Halloween Kills instead of a theatrical exclusive mm-hmm. launch or premiere. But I then looked at the score for Halloween Kills and it's like a 50%. On Rotten Tomatoes. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's why. Mm. So like, this is shitty. So we don't care. Oh, that's too bad. Like if it was good, if it was like a 90%. We're like, oh, okay, we're looking at Candyman's numbers. They're doing really well. Let's throw it into theaters exclusively. Because it didn't do so hot, maybe that's the reason. It's the only thing I could think of. I just found, in contrast to Disney's move, it is kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like NBC yeah. Universal just did the exact opposite days before Disney decided to launch exclusively a lot of their blockbusters. Yeah, odd choice, odd choice for sure. That's coming out soon, isn't it? Halloween Kills. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. End of the, I think it's the end of the month. Oh no, it's this. It's this week oh i guess we're gonna oh i guess we'll see that oh sorry i i'm sorry adrian were you gonna were you about to talk about that during the new releases segment of our show let's get there yeah, man. let's get there no problem yeah no worries uh i'm looking through them just briefly here just to make sure i can see when you add it in okay okay not in the document not there so far let's uh okay let's see what's the next movie coming out this <laughs> there adrian wait once give me a second give me a second one second oh man you're just so prepared, Adrian. I just let me pull up. I just love how prepared you are. It's just uh, it's incredible, you know. Uh, let me let me pull up the Cineplex application because it it wasn't there. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm imagining it, but it wasn't there. Wait, Halloween Kills though is coming out in the United Kingdom on October fifteenth. Like we're not on par. No, it is coming out on October fifteenth here too. I just missed it. Okay, okay, cool. Actually, I didn't right. miss it. Yeah, you know, you knew the whole time. Of course, yeah. you did. No, I, any any insinuation would be an insult. Yeah, Any exactly, other insinuation dude. would be a... Yeah, I was waiting to bring it up uh, during this story, dude. And you just... Uh, anyways, whatever. You know. You know. Wait, wait, no, it is coming out this... Yeah, this Wednesday. What are you talking about? Wait, Friday. I thought it's coming out October 15th. We're in September, oh dude. Oh, my God. I forgot what... Oh, my God. I thought we were in October. <laughs> I'm literally watching you write this. Listener, you can't see this because you don't have a screen to watch, but I'm literally watching him type in in our pages document. <laughs> that Simon, he's adding Halloween S- kills. Simon, 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 Simon. It's Simon, October Simon. 15th, bro. Time travel. I'm, I time came travel. back in time. Yes. One month. 
Yeah. The Time Travelers podcast. That's right. That's a good bit. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep that bit going for episodes to come. <laughs> Anyways, what, what, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. My brain actually melted there for a second. Anyways, together is the next. They're fighting on a building. They're fighting on a building. Um, look at Aquafina. Look at those rafters. Simu Liu. Oh my God. Look at them. Right out the window. Oh my goodness. Splat. That's the body right there. Great stuff. Great stuff. But it, it, yeah, mm. that was actually a rated R scene. They 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 put that in. Yeah, and they shot away real quick. Yeah, because the guy actually died for real. That, but it wasn't the stuntman. It wasn't the stuntman. They hired a uh, serial killer. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Great shit. Yeah, no, no, uh, no stuntmen were harmed in the making of this. Just murderers version of Shang Chi and the Legend mm-hmm. of the Ten Rings. Anyways, together is up next. Coming out uh, again. We're on Tuesday, the September the fourteenth. My brain's actually messed up like I, I like i legitimately thought it was october anyways uh, this is confirmed by the apple tv application this is a video on demand rental or purchase i guess it's about two people who must reevaluate their relationship while being stuck together through the lockdown in london this movie actually stars james mcavoy someone who he spoke about earlier oh yeah uh, it's interesting i don't know i just had a screenshot saved on my phone randomly of this movie and i was like where did i get this where did I figure this movie is coming out from? But I don't know. I don't know. So uh, I thought this movie came out. This is like a, a movie that we talked about like mm-hmm. months and months ago at this point. It says initial release. If I look it up here, June 17th, 2021. Maybe that was like limited release. But yeah, it's coming out uh, on video on demand on this 14th day of September. Oh, yeah. Anyways, right. up next is uh, Wednesday, September 15th, and there's a couple movies coming out that day. It's a movie called Night Books, which is a Netflix original movie. This looks uh, like a gosh darn fun kids movie. Kristen Ritter uh, stars in it, and she plays this witch that traps these kids in this house, and they have to write spooky stories for her if they don't want to get killed. Ooh. I think they have to write like one a day or something like that. That's crazy. It's interesting. It looks It looks fun. It looks like a fun kids movie. Imagine it wasn't a kid's movie. Imagine it was just a horror movie. Yeah. But it was a kid's movie in the beginning. You lure kids in and then it ends up being like a very violent slasher film. Yeah. What what was that? Like, uh, I feel like we've talked about it before, but you know, like kids that like went into the movie theater to watch like, I don't know, like Zootopia, just a random like Disney movie. And then they started playing like Insidious. Yeah. We did talk about that before. That's (gasps) crazy. I feel like that mistake- Like there's so many theaters. I think well, I think you actually said this on the podcast at some point, but mm. this mistake must happen. There's so many theaters, you know, open around the country mm. that this is probably not that uncommon. Like, yeah. oops, oh, we left. Damn it, we, we left. just traumatized these children for years to come. We left the human centipede <laughs> in the tape deck. My yeah. mistake, and I don't know why they're using a tape deck in this scenario. I was just about to say, like, <laughs> but, what? Yeah. yeah yeah they play all their movies on vhs tapes <laughs> yeah but put it in like a tape deck that you'd get like in a car radio does how does it fit in there i don't know it just, they just do it yes time travel adrian time travel oh my god simon again the time traveling tape deck time tra- traveling tape decks okay we gotta stop this this, this is terrible it's good i'm i'm having fun yeah i don't know and that's all that matters that's all yeah. that matters. Yeah. If I'm having a good time, 
I don't care what anyone else. All right, what's the next movie? What's the next movie coming out? Come on. Schumacher. This is a Netflix original documentary about F1 champ Michael. Michael what? Michael Schumacher. Schumacher. Oh, I get it because it's the name of the movie. Oh, that's so clever. What's the next movie coming out? Come on. Uh, This is coming out on Thursday, September the 16th. It's a movie called My Heroes Were Cowboys. This is a Netflix original documentary about Westerns. Next up is the next day, which is Friday, September the 17th. We're going – I'm just going rapid fire, Simon. The Stronghold. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's about three cops busting drugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Father Who Moves Mountains. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's about a guy who is uh, moving mountains to find his lost son. I don't know if they mean it figuratively or literally. Um, watch the movie to find out, I guess. Everybody's talking about Jamie. Do you know Jamie? No. No, me neither. Uh, this is confirmed by the trailer and the and Movie Insider. This is coming to Amazon Prime Video. It's a movie about a guy who's on the career path to be a ferocious drag queen. Simon. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Last Night in Rosie. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app, but it's about a guy who goes back to meet his dying friend, and introduce his young son to his friend who is dying. Oh, no. You know what I'm excited for? What? Last Night in Soho. Me too. Yes, yeah. I agree. Everything I see about it, uh, there was a standing ovation. I think it was at the Venice Film Festival. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure. But uh, there was a film festival in which there was a standing O. And um, specifically. Specifically. Specifically, yeah. Director Edgar Wright, he said, don't spoil the movie. He was telling the the festival goers to not spoil the movie with the rest of the world. So I imagine there's going to be some neat little twists and turns in that movie that are going to be pretty exciting. When does that movie come out? Do you remember? Uh, I think it's in, uh, I was going to say this month, October. But again, we're in September. I time traveled. Uh, September 4th, it released in Venice Venice, because I think it was the Venice Film Festival based on Wikipedia. October 29th. Yes. That's a while away, actually. But it's good timing because of yeah. Halloween. Spooky. I like that. I like spooky things. The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain is up next. This is confirmed by a movie insider on the Apple TV app. This is based on a true story. This is a video on demand movie, by the way. It's based on a true story about cops that killed an elderly black man with bipolar disorder when they uh, were called to uh, help him. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It doesn't sound like a, yeah, it doesn't sound like fun at all. Kind of a bummer, actually. 23 Walks is up next, and it's confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV. Pardon me. I didn't say anything. Did you oh, Did okay. you just hear a voice? I did, yeah. What did they What did they say? What do you think they said? Because you did say pardon me. Um, I don't know. I, I just heard, hey. I'm worried for you. So, again, if there's any anything, any hanky-panky business going on, are you home alone? I am, actually. Oh, that's scary. I'm sorry about that. I did say Candyman in, the, in, in my reflection. Like a few weeks ago, so maybe maybe that's coming to bite me now. Oh no! Or maybe this time travel there, is messing with my brain. Perhaps, perhaps so. One of the scarier moments uh, I've been home alone. I was I was a child, I was like a teenager. I was home mm-hmm. alone. The house is all dark, you know, and we had home phones. And we had a home phone that would blink the light on. Like it would be one of those home phones. It was almost like a a business phone that had two lines, and the light would go on. When you were, you know, someone was on the line somewhere else. There was a big red light. And I was home alone and I was playing uh, 
like a computer game. I think it might have actually been Knights of the Old Republic in the office oh. area where we had this business phone. Like it was a hardwired mm. phone. I know that's crazy to believe that that existed at one point uh, for those uh, young they still exist. young listeners out there. But it was a hardwired phone. You know, lift the phone up and talk into it. Is that how phones work? And the light went on. The whole house was dark. I, I turned off all the lights everywhere except for this office. And the light goes on. I'm like, what? I'm home alone. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And we don't have cell phones at this time. You know, if the phone line is being used, it's not like you can call someone. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was very scared. I was very scared. It's a scary moment. I don't know why I started talking about that. We talked about home alone for some reason. Did we? Oh, yes. Because you could be killed right now. Uh, right. So anyways, I'm going to talk a little bit less for this episode. If, if, you, if you hear anything you know, scary, or there's a guy with a knife behind you, say the words, Jimmy is a very nice man. Okay? Never going to happen. That's not going to be my last words. Why? Because Jimmy sucks. No, it won't be your last words. I'm going to save your life. Come on. You have to trust me. You're going to save my life? Oh, you're referencing Jimmy, the guy, the the audio video specialist that we hired for Split Focus, Mm -hmm. a film and TV podcast. Is that the guy? Oh, I... Yeah, I'm sorry for using those keywords, but I'm not going to change that because you need to say that because I know that you would never say that now unless mm. there was a man with a knife behind you about to murder you or a woman or a woman. Don't want to be sexist. Anyways, what's the next movie coming out? Women can be serial killers too, Simon. God. 20, 23 Walks. I thought Is that was the next? name of the movie. By movie. No. Woman. Imagine that. <laughs> And women can be the serial killers too. Is the next movie coming out on uh, Apple TV Plus and uh, I don't know, which is a sequel to Women Men can be Are Serial, serial Killers. <laughs> anyway, anyway, to go, go on. Twenty three, yeah, twenty three walks. It's confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. There's a video on demand movie, and it's a story about finding love later in life. Okay, okay. It's never too late to find love, Simon. Indeed, not even for you. Oh. Okay, okay. I, I love my girlfriend. I, That's uh, good, yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I think she, she loves me too. But do you know something I don't I know? I hope so. This is awkward. I hope she does. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, like, yeah. This is, I'm just, I'm just saying. I feel like there's a lot of pregnant pauses here. Prisoners of the Ghost Land is up next. It's confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. And it's a Nicolas Cage romp. The trailer for this movie looks wild. Like absolutely bananas. You watched the trailer for this movie? I haven't, no. No? The Prisoners of the... I don't think. Uh, The name doesn't ring a bell. Maybe I have. I think you did. Prisoners of Ghost Land. Yeah, I'll have to... I'll check it out. I'm pretty sure... I'll take a peek right now. This is... I think you sent this to me. Not you. Yeah. Not you specifically sent this to me. Oh, I have definitely seen this trailer. Yeah, but uh, I think you sent it to someone to send to me because we don't talk outside this podcast. Yeah, it looks fucking nuts. Anyways, Cop Shop is up next. This is coming to theaters. This is starring Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo, and it's an action comedy. It looks kind of fun. It does it look kind of fun. Kind of fun. I did yeah. see the trailer, brief, briefly saw a bit of the trailer on Instagram for this, so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of Andrew Garfield at the beginning of the show, the Eyes of Tammy Faye is coming to theaters this week, and it's a biography about Tammy Faye. Who is she? Find out in this movie. Indeed. She's a televangelist. Televangelist. Jessica Chastain is also in this movie. Looks very good. Like the prosthetics, the the makeup in this movie looks phenomenal. 
And uh, mm-hmm. both Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain are really great actors. So I'd, mad- I'd imagine this is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully, maybe during this press run, Andrew Garfield will say the same line over and over again, and we'll know that maybe it's a lie about Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, you know. It's all been a lie, Simon. I just feel like that he said that before. That's what I was trying to bring up at the beginning of this show. That's what I was trying to say. Like, listen for when he says, if he says it again. But it's important for me to say on the record that this is not something I'm aware I'm involved in. I swear he said that before. I don't know why. I'm not aware I'm involved in it. What does that mean? I'm not aware? It's just a strange way to say that. I don't know. I'm not aware. Yeah. Like, who, who, who else would be aware? <laughs> To say I'm not involved in it. Why do you have to say I'm not aware? Of, I'm not aware if I'm involved. Anyway, anyways, go on. What's the next movie coming out? Uh, Cry Macho. This is coming to theaters, and this is a Clint Eastwood movie, and it's a western movie. Indeed, we talked about yeah. this a long time ago. Actually, almost the first month or the second month of our podcast, the Focus of Film and TV what? podcast in 2020. We had one of those. What? A first or second month of recording. Yeah, maybe the time travel is ruining your brain. Yeah. I'm going to add that plot point into our screenplay for yeah. the Time Travelers podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can't wait. It's going to be a good movie. No, I don't think so. And uh, the the final movie coming out is a movie called Blue Bayou. This is coming to theaters. And this one's not a Western movie, funnily enough. Oh. Yeah. And what is it? I forget. I was like, I'll remember what this is about. And then I just didn't write anything. And uh, Oh, that was happened. like the Halloween Kills situation. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I'm going through a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Mentally, apparently. Oh. My brain. I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about it on this live podcast? Um, no. Okay. No. That's good. Because I feel like this is a terrible place to talk about that. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's true. And because we don't talk outside this podcast, you're on your own. Yeah. Thanks, man. So yeah, I, I, d- I just wanted I to want- put it out there that if you want to talk about it, we could talk about it right now, but. No, I don't want to. Okay, it's fine. Thanks, though. Is that it? Is that all the movies releasing this week? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all, dude. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. It is. Yeah. But it's not awesome if you want to listen to us speak more, because this is the end of our regular scheduled programming for this episode of our podcast. But I have appreciated talking to you, Adrian. Thank you for joining me for the 63rd episode. You're welcome. And... um yeah. If you want to write into our show, that is a an avenue that is available to you, listener. You can write into us at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And we will feature your comments, questions, concerns, corrections, perhaps, on our podcast. We will. We will indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it right now. You're writing into us? Mm-hmm. I'm oh, doing okay. it right now. We're also on YouTube now, which is awesome. But we're, of course, we've what? been on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, since pretty much the beginning. But now we're on YouTube as well. Not live in terms of video, just don't get your hopes up in that regard. But we are on YouTube as an audio, in an audio way, in an audio form. Just trying to hit all the bases. All the bases. Mm. Nice. All right, Adrian, do you have anything to add before we wrap up? Uh, no, no. Support your local theater. That's it. If it's safe to do so. Alrighty, let's wrap up like Mission Impossible 7. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the 63rd episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, uh, there was a lot of time travel talk uh, this episode. And uh, I'll be honest, if I had the option to time travel, 
I would time travel back to the Batman v Superman premiere and watch it in theaters again because it's a great movie. It's an awesome movie. Thank you. Take care. Goodbye. What incredible martial arts Simu Liu is doing right now. Oh my goodness. Oh. Look at those moves. Wow, look at Tony Lung go. Look at him look at him fight with his feet at fists and his feet. And and the ten rings. What? what oh, can these the ten rings, rings do. Yeah. Incredible. Wow. Listen to that music by Joel P. West. Wow, what a score. Mm-hmm. What a score. Great soundtrack. Right at this moment, actually, specifically. Wow. Just at this moment, it's amazing. And it's also amazing at other parts. But this particular moment that you're listening to, audience member, in theaters right now, listening to this episode while you're watching a movie at a, your local Cineplex or AMC or whatever the heck you are. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a great movie. Yeah. It is. Goodbye. Take care. A kick.